VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Game On! Business Talk Radio with your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Our program is not afraid to discuss the more controversial business ideas and topics. Get ready for an unfiltered discussion of problems and solutions that today's businesses, large or small, face daily. Now, here is Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Good morning, top of the morning to you. Hi, this is Game On! Business Talk with D. Anthony Miles. We have an awesome show for you today. Get some coffee, have a seat. You're going to want to listen to this show today. Our show today is about resume fraud, and we have three experts that are going to discuss that with us. The title is uh, Resume Fraud, the Perfect White Collar Crime. One of the things that I found interesting about this uh, topic is I didn't realize how prevalent it was. Let me give you some background information on the uh, problem of uh, resume fraud and some of the things that uh, we're dealing with in some, some HR departments. The job market is extremely competitive and merciless. Resume fraud is becoming a serious problem. Many human resources directors are seeing this type of behavior in astounding numbers. Now, some of the things that are dealing with resume fraud are from padding, exaggerating, embellishing. But to commit all-in-out fraud is one of the biggest issues of resume fraud. Here's another interesting fact. What is resume fraud? And how is it perpetrated? It is perpetrated through many ways, and our experts are going to talk about that today. One of the other interesting facts is considerable numbers of uh, resume fraud incidents are happening in some big numbers. The cost of resume fraud not only hurts the applicant, but it can also cause a harm or financial harm to the uh, organization because they can be sued if the employee has acted under the, as an agent for the uh, company. And if they cause damage with a, say, an outside party, the employer can be sued and will be sued in most other cases. So our agenda today is going to be this. Why does resume fraud happen in organizations? How is resume fraud perpetrated? And where is it the most common place to happen? And how can firms protect themselves against resume fraud? So what we're going to talk about today is some really interesting facts on this. Now, pay attention to this. Resume fraud is actually on the rise, according to many experts. Resume fraud in particular is almost quite common as the resume. I find that very fascinating. Applicants anxious to work and convince they're right for the job may misrepresent or conceal some of the information to enhance their chances for a hire or for employment. Employers uh, sometimes miss this because uh, you have the other issue of omission. If somebody fails to put on a resume, that's also somewhat of a misrepresentation of their credentials and also can be considered a form of resume fraud. An example of omission, uh, you were convicted for a crime, a felony. You failed to disclose that. And most applications that you see with companies actually have a box to uh, check that off to let you to screen applicants on the front end, but normally you see that. Now, another interesting fact is, that when uh, people apply for jobs, most of the time their applications uh, are standard. So sometimes the company that has resumes, or excuse me, that have applications, tend to leave out information and that can further help their due diligence. Now here's another interesting fact. The situation is very awkward after an employee has been hired and employee successfully performs the job. So then that creates another problem. If the person misrepresented their credentials in terms of getting a job and then they successfully perform the job, does the company have the right to fire them if they're doing the job correctly? So that's another legal issue. Now, with respect to resume fraud, employers uh, can uh, sought to defend, excuse me, defend decisions. And in, in terms of discharging employees, we have other issues in terms of, okay, you hired this employee, and they're actually doing the job, and they're doing the job successfully. And then when you do terminate the employee, the employee actually has a legal right to uh, litigate against you because you terminated them. 
you've uh, said when you've hired this employee, you've conducted your due diligence. So when you hire the employee and then you turn around and fire them because you found something four or five years later that conflicted with uh, what they they exaggerated their uh, credentials or totally fraudulently said they had credentials, can you legally fire them? Now, one of the issues that I've seen a lot of companies go through is, well, if the guy was doing the job and you hired him and you failed to do the due diligence, all of a sudden you want to fire him out of nowhere. So that's causing problems in terms of uh, creating another legal hurdle for, for employers. Now, here's another fact. So the situation can become awkward after an employee has been hired on a fraudulent pretenses. An employee can successfully perform the job. Going further, if the applicant's age and the applicant's citizenship and the applicant's uh, credentials have all been fraudulently uh, misrepresented to a company, that may be a legal loophole for some companies. However, some companies, uh, because they have no legal right, uh, they have to they have to go get legal counsel considering that if they fire an employee that's actually doing the job, one of the things they have to concern themselves with is, well, what about the rest of the people that were hired? And this employee, they disclose what they know about another company, another employee that was also hired under fraudulent circumstances and also caused other legal problems for an employer. So that's a big issue. Now, uh, here's another interesting fact. It's an article that I pulled up for our show today. One of the articles that I pulled up was from a uh, magazine called Compensation and Benefits for a Law Office. And this is a really interesting article that I pulled up for the show. A recent media report detailed exploits of uh, Gregory Hahn, an associate at a Washington, D.C. office in the office of Braswell and Giuliani. He was accused of falsifying his resume and altering his law school transcript in order to get a job with the law firm. According to the article, in a recent report in Legal Times, Hahn, a graduate of American University's Washington uh, College of Law, allegedly altered 12 grades on his transcript, raising his GPA from 3.12 to 3.59. He also claimed he received academic uh, achievement scholarship and a legal writing award that he had not won. So that's the issue, according to uh, some experts, uh, falsifying awards, falsifying uh, credentials in terms of academic achievement. So this individual actually was successful in falsifying his GPA. I've never seen that before. Now, the article goes on further and says he listed himself as co-chairman of American Bar Association Group when he had merely assisted coordinating the group's activities. The article goes on further to say he claimed he was a program director of a D.C. bar committee when he was only a member of the group. And lastly, the article finally states that uh, he falsely represented he was an articles editor on the AU Law Review when he was just a senior editor. Hahn is now facing prosecution and disciplinary action. So one of the things that we're dealing with is uh, all-in-all fraud in terms of resume. And uh, you find out that uh, resume fraud actually has different uh, categories, which I didn't know. Resume fraud can be embellishing, padding, fudging, um, and obviously all in our fraud. Now, here's another example. On May 3rd, this, uh, this is an article that came out of uh, HR Focus. On May 3rd, a New York hedge fund activist, was thwarted in his effort to gain a seat on Yahoo's uh, board and released a media report asserting that Yahoo's new chief executive officer, his resume was overstated in, his in terms of his academic credentials. Furthermore, in the article, following a rapid-fire independent investigation, the CEO who moved into a job in January after a successful stint heading eBay, he resigned, as did the board member who led the committee search that selected him. Now, the article goes on further to say, while the CEO was allowed to keep some of the $7 million salary and cash and stock that was awarded to him when he uh, joined the company, he faced Securities and Exchange Commission investigating for investigating the uh, company's annual report with the false information about his credentials. Now, this is uh, one of the cases where the damage has hurt the company 
And it goes on further to say in the article that the damage concerning the matter resulted in his resignation and its effect on the value of Yahoo stock, which traded at $50.57 a share before the scoundrel broke. And then after the scoundrel broke, uh, the stock actually dropped, and the resume scandal actually caused some uh, value for the stock uh, to drop at Yahoo at least by $1 billion. Now, that was one case of that. Now, there's another interesting case. This is an article that came from, uh, let's see, I think the same uh, HR focus. Now, this is a really interesting case. Uh, recent news covered the resignation of uh, Stephen Wills, a New Zealand defense uh, force uh, chief uh, scientist. Now, Mr. Wills resigned after allegations that he had falsified his uh, details of his professional and supporting career. On uh, October 28, 2010, the Defense Force Court of uh, Inquiry found that Mr. Wilkes was hired after an inadequate appointment process. The decision to grant him high security clearance was flawed. The inquiry was also held after it was revealed that Mr. Wilkes had made a number of exaggerated comments about his background, including that he had a distinguished uh, combat career and he was a member of the Olympic bobsled team. Also, going further, the article describes that um, in uh, 2005, he was head of Defense Technology Agency, which advises the military on technology and scientific matters, until he resigned. The Defense Force uh, Lieutenant General said that dumb decisions were made when hiring him. The article goes on further to state that uh, there were some concerns in relation to the recruitment office that contracted to do the reference checks on candidates in terms of providing the checks, they fell short of the standards of thoroughness and due diligence. So uh, in every sector, it seems to be resume fraud has uh, affected HR departments and also cost the bottom line in terms of companies uh, not doing uh, full due diligence. And also, I guess it seems to me that accepting people's resumes at face value without doing a proper due diligence and a proper background investigation. Okay. Now, going further, in 2010, Julia Jose was sentenced to uh, seven months home detention, 22 hours of community service, in order to pay a full re uh, reparation. She was convicted of 21 charges of defrauding her employer uh, uh, for 54000 she was employed as a financial manager and had been recommended by a recruitment agency, and uh, she was claimed to have held a MBA and other degrees. Going further, after shortly after appointment to the uh, chamber, frustrated with her poor performance, they contacted the recruitment agency. The Chamber of Commerce alleged that uh, Ms. Jose did not have a rudiment, rudiment understanding of accounting, after some investigation, it was discovered that Ms. Jose did not have the qualifications that she claimed. She resigned, but afterwards it was discovered that she had stolen 54000 from the uh, organization. Now, uh, after uncovering some of the facts for uh, the show today, it's very obvious we have to discuss this because resume fraud is not just something about exaggerating your credentials. Resume fraud is getting to the point where people are all and out misrepresenting their credentials and actually lying on their resume to get jobs. And I just find it uh, quite fascinating that companies have not caught up with the uh, digital age in terms of uh, extracting information from the Internet, doing uh, their due diligence in terms of searching backgrounds, searching credit reports, searching criminal background checks, see if they have uh, any uh, felonies, any uh, crimes they committed. And uh, if you don't do your due diligence, obviously this can lead to uh, obviously disastrous results. Now there's another interesting uh, article that talked about um, a young lady who was sentenced to 100 hours community service and was fined uh, $10,000 after falsely claiming she had a doctorate degree from the London School of Economics. What was the truth? The truth was this individual had enrolled in the London School of Economics but was never awarded a doctorate. 
during the hearing, the court was told that uh, this individual believed in her in her head that she had received a Ph.D. Prior to her appointment as head of the Immigration Service, she had been acting head of the Department of Prime Minister and uh, candidate, can, excuse me, cabinet. Going further, the article also talks about, uh, according to her background, she totally falsified her uh, resume. She was never, never investigated. She was, there was a background check was never conducted. So uh, this goes further. Now, another interesting article came out in the Chronicle of Education. The Chronicle of Education ran an article on uh, diploma mills, which are fake college degrees. And we're going to do a show on this later on in our uh, episodes. Now, this article stated that uh, they gave a list of uh, fake college un and universities that are awarding fake college diplomas. Now, there's also, you know, considering that, you know, outside of the education sector, that resume fraud happens in other sectors as well in terms of uh, the same thing, and this even it can be worse in terms of the education sector. Now, another form of resume fraud is also now college, fake college degrees. The Chronicle of Education ran a big expose on diploma mills or fake universities that are issued the uh, fraudulent or fake college degrees. The article also listed the names of the fake colleges and universities that issue the fake degrees. Many universities, after this article came out, conducted internal investigation of their faculty. And uh, as discovered, it was they found out that 13 to 20 percent of their faculty actually had fake college degrees and were teaching at the universities. One professor at a big private university in San Antonio, Texas, uh, Ashley won Teacher of the Year Award, had three fake college degrees. Obviously, the university was embarrassed, so the university quietly fired the professor, removed his name from their website, literature, and uh, all the uh, credentials that he had in his uh, catalog that he was listed. So that's pretty, pretty interesting considering that now we have the other issue of resume fraud. Now we have the issue of fake college de degrees and diplomas. And that's even more serious because, one, we have unqualified people teaching uh, students at colleges and universities based on fraudulent qualifications. Another interesting fact. Let me give you some uh, statistics on resume fraud. How pervasive is uh, resume padding? According to a report, 43.7% percent of resumes received in the legal services industry received a hit for misleading information relating to past employment. Another statistic, a recent report from the ADP Screening and Selection Services found that 44 percent of applicants lied about their work histories, 41 percent lied about their education credentials, 23 percent falsified credentials or licenses. In another report, a 2009 survey reported that 45% of resumes show discrepancies in employment, education history, and this number was 5% higher than it was in 2007. Another statistic. A study of executives found that 40% lie about their education, 35% lie about accomplishments on the job, 25% lie about responsibilities and skills. Another statistic. What's even more alarming is uh, this particular uh, survey. College students, the survey of college students in uh, 2006 reported that the survey revealed that 95% will lie to get a job and 41% had already done so. Now, these are college students coming out of graduating, and they're saying 95% will lie to get a job uh, lie about their credentials to get a job. Lastly, a, um, excuse me, lastly, J. Michael uh, Worthington Jr., co-founder of the Vermont-based uh, ResumeDoctor.com, which specializes in helping job seekers create resumes, he told the uh, BNA that a six-month review of thousands of resumes submitted to the firm showed that about 40% of the job applicants turn in resumes with major inaccuracies. So uh, obviously this is more of a problem than we realize.
here's another interesting fact. There's a legal side of uh, resume fraud, and we touched on this earlier. The legal side of resume fraud is the impact that it can cause employers. Because resume fraud is so pre uh, prevalent, there's the issue of uh, neg negligent hiring, which employers are now being sued for. So now employers are being sued for negligent hiring, and that causes issues, and that causes cost, because they, they have to be responsible for the employees that they hire. Now, there's another interesting fact. People injured by employees may regard this doctrine as a means of holding the employer, uh, the deep pocket liable for the employee's conduct and getting settlements after the, after the employee has been found to not have the credentials for the job. So I guess resume fraud actually hurts three parties. It hurts employers. Obviously, it hurts the individual, and also it hurts the outside public. Now, another interesting fact, employers more, more over lose 70 to 72% of the time in compensation awarded to uh, the plaintiffs because uh, there's nothing legal, there's nothing, uh, excuse me, there are legal fees that can accumulate because of the issue of resume fraud. Going further, now, we have the other issue of resume fraud, and we also have the issue of employers being sued for hiring people that, that was not uh, qualified for the job. So we have the other issue. Can employers use employees' resume or job application fraud as a defense in the employees' claims? In May of 2008, a New Jersey Supreme Court provided some answers to that question. They held a, a decision, in the 7-0 decision in the uh, Chiquetti versus Morris uh, County Sheriff's Office that despite failure to disclose an unexpunged criminal conviction on employment application, a sheriff's officer could pursue discrimination and a hostile work environment claims against an employer. So definitely we need to discuss this today. Resume fraud is here. Resume fraud is a big problem. Resume fraud is, is almost as common as the resume. So we're going to have a great show today. We're going to take our first break, and we'll be back. This is DeAnthony Miles with the Game On Business Talk, and we'll talk to you on the next break. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, we're back. This is Game On Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles. Let me introduce our experts uh, today for our show. Our first expert today 
is uh, Patricia Lenkov. She's founder of Agility Executive Search. She has 18 years of experience in uh, industry experience with executive recruiting and sales. She has an MBA in marketing and management from Concordia University and a BA in psychology from McGill University. Some of the activities that she's done, she sits on various boards, such as Board of the Blue Card Incorporated, the Family Advisory Council of Komansky Center for Children's Health at New York Presbyterian Hospital. Also, she's uh, on the New York Steering Committee of the 2020 Women in, on Boards, and she also serves on advisory boards for Hall C. Lane and Holdings, LLC. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you very much. Our second guest is uh, David Lewis. He's president, CEO, and founder of Operations, Inc., a human resources outsourcing and consulting firm specializing in support for small to medium-sized businesses. David has 26 years of experience in human resources and operations management. Some of the activities that he's done is he's worked on leading uh, firms, including Merck, Medco, and Computer Associates. He's also recognized as a subgematic subject matter expert in the field of human resources. David is also president and CEO of allcountyjobs.com, a leading job network, job board network with 29 boards covering the East Coast. David, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Our last guest is uh, Dr. Carissa Thacker. She's president of Strategic Performance Solutions Incorporated. She is a workplace psychologist and executive coach. She works extensively in the areas of executive assessment and leadership team development. Dr. Thacker has consulted with companies across diverse sectors of the economy. Some, some of her clients include UPS, Ford Motor Company, Best Buy Corporation. She also is an adjunct professor at the University of Delaware. Her education background is she has a doctorate in clinical psychology from Spalding University, an MA in clinical psychology from Austin Pace State University, and she has a B.S. in biology and psychology from Union University. Some of her publication and research is uh, she's published in various articles. Her latest uh, article was published in the Harvard uh, Review, Harvard Business Review blog, and is entitled "Your Team Needs an Intervention." Her research work on social loafing was a feature story in ABC's 2020. She is regularly featured in the national media outlets such as New York Times and CBS Market Watch. I want to welcome our last guest, Dr. Carissa Thacker. Thank you, and that's all true. <laughs> Is that all true? <laughs> <laughs> well, goodness, I'm standing next to greatness with these three experts. Um, I want to start off the show, and you guys can just chime in and uh, come after each other. I, don't, I want to keep it loose. Uh, why does a uh, resume fraud, why is it happening today? Has it been worse than it has been in the past 20 years? What are some of your opinions on that? Well, I'm happy to jump in. I, I think I think what you're seeing, and you typically see this in an economic downturn, is that as people wind up in the unemployment market for a longer period of time, they get a bit more desperate and they become a little bit more concerned about whether or not they're not getting opportunities because somehow their credentials are lacking in certain areas. And it maybe comes from the interviews that they've gone on where it's been pointed out. So in an effort to ensure that they find a job and subsequently start collecting a paycheck, they start fudging things. And it's a trap that they fall into that results in uh, doing a little bit more and a little bit more. And before you know it, the resume that you're handing out is not representative of the person you are or the background that you have. And I agree. I think it is. there is an uptick in an economic downturn, but this, we're talking about human nature. And so given that, I think there is a fairly consistent amount of this, at least as long as I have been in the field, I have been hearing cases uh, of this. So as long as we have human beings, we're going to have a little bit of fraud and an ability to fudge the truth. Okay. Dr. Thacker? Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, who's the last person speaking? It's Patricia. I agree. Patricia. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, it is human nature, and I also think that it happens as uh, there are less jobs and more people vying for the same positions. People tend to start to perhaps exaggerate. I mean, there's different degrees of, you know, resume uh, deception, to use a gentle term, but, um, you know, with less jobs around and more people vying for the same jobs, people tend to start to cut corners and do things that, perhaps happen more often when, you know, when the economy is in a down cycle. Uh, I, I 
hear what you're saying, uh, all of you, and I think uh, what concerns me is, uh, is this a accepted behavior, resume fraud? Is this something that we kind of overlook? Does, do, say, padding your resume or, or embellishing it, is that a form of resume fraud in your opinion? Uh, Mr. Uh, David, what do you think? I, I think I think it is. I think there's a fine line out there, though. You know, in in 2013, there are so many different means of getting advice and direction on how to execute your job search. There's industries built around it in the form of coaches. There's tons of information on the internet, and a lot of it, um, the people who provide that information in the blogs and in the books, and even the coaches themselves, talk about catering your resume to the job that you're applying for. And, and the fine line is where you're emphasizing certain aspects of things you've done in your background that make it seem as if you have more experience um, or extensive experience even in certain areas in order to match what the client is looking for or the employer is looking for versus where you're providing something that's an accurate or an inaccurate representation of your skill set. And I think that, you know, the it's a tough world out there for a job seeker to begin with to understand if they're going to go in through the front door and they're not going to get in through a referral or through somebody that they know, you know, getting in through the front door is the toughest exercise of all job searches. So if you've got to do something to open that door up, a lot of times it's it's that fine line between emphasizing aspects of your background and where you cross the line into a category of fraud, I think is subject to interpretation. And I think that's very accurate because people tend to either by nature undersell or oversell themselves. And the coaches that that you were just referencing, I think, uh, typically their mission is to help people emphasize aspects of their background that are most relevant, as you said. But there is just a reality to if you want to get a job, you need to make yourself look good. But where is that line between making yourself look good and embellishing uh, or resume deception? And I think that's a difficult uh, question for people to address because you, you really do need to sell yourself and not undersell yourself and there are a fair amount of people that really struggle with uh, underselling themselves as well I also think the line for me um, as a recruiter gets drawn for example if you put a credential down like you have a degree when you don't or you went to you know you say you graduated from the university or the college and you didn't that is a non-starter. Um, last week I was interviewing somebody and they had a two-page resume and there were a couple little stints in, that they mentioned in the interview and I said, well, why aren't these on the resume? And they said, well, I wanted to fit it into two pages. So is that really? you know, criminal? No. Is it not right? Yes. Is it at the level of saying you have a degree when you don't? I don't think so. So that's sort of a little bit less in terms of, uh, you know, fraudulent or, or misrepresentation than actually saying I have a bachelor's degree when I don't. And I think a lot of it comes down to the nuance of how you execute the whole process of putting together sort of this 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 facsimile of a resume versus the actual true representation of it and i agree i mean there there are certain things that completely cross the line and are uh you know are are going to get you in a lot of trouble um things that would typically come up in any type of a formalized background check such as verification of education even verification of title um, and and to it was cr as crazy as it sounds, it's almost to a lesser extent the dates of employment. I think employers would tend to be willing to allow someone to say they were there a few months earlier or a few months later later than they were. Um, but you know, again, I, I think a lot of what goes on out there with job seekers these days is trying to figure out how to be the square peg that fits into the square hole. And and we've we've gotten to the point, especially in the last three four years, with the competitive nature of the market, where you know the list of things that employer was looking for used to have nine things on it, and today, or at least in the last year or two, it, it had as many as thirty. And if you were to have all thirty things and um, checked off, you weren't going to get an interview. So I think we bred a lot of this in the course of the last several years, and you know now I think the candidates who've chosen to cross that line and push it even further and really come to, come to the point where their resume is a total misrepresentation of who they are, you know, to some extent is getting, uh, is getting their just desserts for, you know, for crossing those lines. That's fascinating. I want to ask you guys, uh, 
Where have you seen the uh, biggest, uh, I guess, incidence of resume fraud? Is it any? Is it industry specific? Is it industry uh, sectors that experience it more, or is it just across the board? In your opinion, I would say across the board, and also at all levels. You alluded to the story of the Yahoo CEO Scott mm-hmm. Thompson, who famously uh, said he had a degree in um, computer science and accounting when he only had a degree in accounting. So that was you know, at the highest level in uh, corporate America. So it goes up and down um, the food chain, so to speak, and I think across all industries, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I would the- agree. I, I think we, we see it at doing recruiting for our client base. We, we see it at every single level. Uh, and, you know, again, the, 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 it typically comes... Less so, I think, in the form of the sort of the egregious acts of misrepresenting one's education, um, or the or actually having you know a job in a place where they never really worked, or even at a title level that they didn't really have. It's more so the subtle stuff, and that comes down to you know what you're doing in pre-hire testing, what you're doing in interviewing, even to some extent if you're using an employment application to collect information so you can hold people more accountable by virtue of the release that's in the application. I think those are all things that you know are, are sort of changing the landscape right now. I agree that it's, it is at all levels and across every industry sector. Um, the other interesting discussions that I've been having with clients lately are around those situations that are more nuanced. So let's say you hire someone and they claim that they uh, achieved something uh, at a company and later you find out that they did not. Well, they're performing, okay? And so uh, what do you do with that? And what I see happening over time is there's an erosion of trust even in those more nuanced cases where you find out something, you know, you're the manager and a person that you have hired who is actually performing kind of fudge and you figure that out later, there's always that lingering question, can I really trust this person? And that's a management dynamic that really does pollute the relationship over time. Interesting. Uh, I had a question for you. Uh, Does the HR department have a responsibility and this is probably a two-part question. Do they have responsibility to check the people that are currently there, check their credentials for, for resume fraud? And also, do they have responsibility to check the employees that are coming in? What do you think about that? I'll answer the employees that are coming in. I don't even dare cross the HR <laughs> uh, with the existing employees. But certainly it is incumbent upon the HR department and the recruiter, if there's a recruiter involved, to verify, check, uh, recheck, you know, go in the back door, the side door, and make sure that what is represented is as accurate as humanly possible to verify. So I think that, you know, that's my modus operandus, and I encourage, you know, any client that I work for to go above and beyond and make sure that everything is checked, starting by the simple degree verification, which is really easy to do. And, you know, there's sort of no excuse not to do it. You, you know, there's a streamlined approach. You go online, you fill in a couple of boxes, and you pretty much can get a, a degree verification very quickly. So I think it's, you know, the bare minimum. Um, more should be done, though. I, I think employers should, should check people coming in the door for sure. Um, I think when it comes to the existing employee population, you know, the, the main problem that I've seen over the years, and you can and should do that, but you have to do it thoughtfully, you know, is what happens when you find that a key employee who is a major contributor, well-liked, well-thought-of, um, and, and, and subsequently you find out because he didn't do background checks, you know, 10 years ago, now suddenly uh, you find that they fraudulently represented something. What are you going to do? Are you going to let that person go at that point for that fraud? And most employers will tell you they won't. They'll make the exception. Well, if you're going to make the exception, then what's the point of going ahead and checking all of your current employees' backgrounds after the fact? Because I don't know that most companies want to deal with a situation like that if they find it. All righty. We're going to take a quick break. We'll get back to our last speaker. This is a Game on Business Talk. We'll be back one minute. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, we're back. This is uh, Game On Business Talk, and uh, we're going to continue our discussion on resume fraud. Our uh, last speaker was talking about... Uh, why is, is the, the 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 last uh before the break we talked about do HR departments have responsibility to check the current employees and also the new employees coming in and uh I believe our last speaker was uh is it Patricia or Doctor Thacker? Um, I don't know. I'll jump in just to keep us moving <laughs> along. Um, I, I do think HR departments have a responsibility uh, for that, and I think by and large uh, they do. And like everything else, uh, something occasionally falls through the cracks. And there's also this factor I call hiring fever, which is, you know, you've got, if you're an HR executive, you've got a manager who needs somebody to do X, Y, Z. They think they found the right person. They have good chemistry with that person, and then they want to rush the process. So I think that that's one of the factors that actually happens around the workplace dynamics. But but absolutely, I think HR does have a responsibility, and HR does have a responsibility on the interpersonal side sometimes to slow down the, the hiring fever train as well. Oh, that's uh, that's fascinating. I know we were talking on a break, and I believe uh, David mentioned this. David, can you elaborate more on what you've seen in terms of uh, you said you saw fraudulent behavior from HR directors? Can you elaborate on that more? Sure. So, so I have a what's now a forty-person HR outsourcing and consulting firm, and you know to get to that size, we've interviewed quite a few of the HR professionals in the New York, Connecticut metro area uh, over the years. And we've had two instances of individuals in the HR profession misrepresenting specifically their educational background and, in one instance, their um, work background. And, you know, you'd think that someone in the HR profession would understand enough about the process and about the need for integrity and and forget the integrity piece even, just the understanding that uh, most companies, especially in my position, are going to check that kind of a thing. And and yet, you know, these two individuals who were very bold and very brazen and very defiant at the beginning when we first pointed these things out, you know, feigning a high level of surprise and, and disappointment that the information was provided to us incorrectly by a university or by an employer, only to finally admit down the road that, yes, it was a misrepresentation by them. And maybe that's more indicative of the fact that in HR, there is a level of sloppiness to some extent and carelessness about checking this kind of info, and maybe they felt that you know we were going to do the same and, and meet that kind of sort of lousy standard. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that this happens. I mean, I, I, I've seen studies that suggest 
the number of resumes out there that have some level of misrepresentation, however you define that, is upwards of 60%. And those are some pretty um, significant numbers from reputable organizations who've done that. It tells you a lot about how people, I think, view sort of the whole job search process of trying to figure out any angle in any way to push that limit and get themselves in the door. Yeah. Well, and I think it's particularly interesting in this latest downturn because a lot of people who are in the middle management layers have lost positions, and so they, over the years, have contributed to a lot of different initiatives. And so, for example, if you're going to launch a new uh, kind of Cheerios, that requires multiple teams working on that. Well, on your resume, do you take the credit for that, and how do you do that when, you know, there were 10 teams working on that, and how clearly do you put on the resume what you contributed versus uh, the outcome? Because most recruiters are looking for, hey, what can this person come in and hit the ground running and do? And, I, and I saw, I'll give you another twist. I've seen people who've misrepresented their backgrounds in the last several years in particular in the other direction. We think of misrepresentation and of fraud as having people overstate what they um, are really um, have done, but you've got people out there who had reached a director or VP level position, found themselves only able to find staff level positions in the job market, but are being eliminated because they're concerned that the person's a flight risk. So they dumb down their resume. They minimize the amount of leadership responsibility they had and focus on the staff piece, even going as far as to leaving their title off, just as a way to get employers who are spooked by the idea that a VP couldn't possibly want a staff position. And, And that level of fraud honestly concerns me less than the person who is coming in claiming they're something a lot more than they really are here. It's they're claiming they're a lot less than they really are. So, uh, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, people have been incredibly frustrated with getting the feedback, hey, you're overqualified, you're overqualified. And this, you know, since 08 has sometimes gone on for a couple of years. And I'm with David uh, from the point of view of I hear that and are they really misrepresenting themselves? Are they artfully working with a bias against them that we have in our culture and our workplace now? Um, I, uh, I, I have, ne- have, ne- have not thought that through all the way to the end because, to your point, they are misrepresenting themselves uh, in the other direction. I well, find I that, that goes back fascinating. to the degree of, of fraudulent behavior, and if I could elaborate on the, the group activity uh, that you said, um, Carissa, that sometimes you participate as part of a project team. It's yep. very easy to exaggerate your role in the project and whether you actually, you know, were leading it or participating or simply listening and following directions. And I hear a lot when I interview people that we did this and we did that. And it's, for me as a recruiter, very frustrating because I'm always trying to refocus people and say, what I did? What did you do? Not what did we do? And it's amazing how often people refer to the we, which is a way, you know, of sort of uh, exaggerating perhaps their role in a particular uh, position or project or job. Well, and I think there's a disconnect because when you're working with teams, you know, one of the things you're trying to do is to get them to really think we, but yet when you do go out and try to market yourself, you do need to be very clear about who you are and what you contributed. And also our performance appraisal systems are usually set up that way uh, as well. But I do think that in order to get anything done, particularly in a large corporation, you are talking about an unprecedented level level of collaboration, and it really is difficult to attribute credit in some of those environments. So I, I take from what you're saying, it's a fine line between overstating and understating, as uh, David mentioned, because the, the way I'm seeing this, and based on what you're saying, is that um, if someone dumbs down their resume, that's almost as equally as mis, uh, equal misrepresentation as overstating. I think I think and the points have been made but but I think to emphasize it you know the if the market conditions are as such where individuals are out there and are willing and able to perform a job at a particular level but are doing you know are, are taking the approach of minimizing their experience because the employers are not willing to give them a chance 
I have less of a problem with that as an HR professional and as the recruiter for the, the clients we support than I do for the, um, you know, for, for the situation where someone overstates their capabilities and subsequently is being given a chance to perform a, in a job that they really have no business performing. It's one of those things where technically it sounds, okay, they're misrepresenting and the people, the other people are misrepresenting in the other direction as well. However, if you're in a climate where um, you are not given a fair shake because you have achieved something in the past, you know, and you have the ability to artfully work with the bias, I'm with David. I, I tend to look at that differently, and I have seen many, many cases of that, and I have seen many cases currently in the last few years where people have actually gone into companies and into those roles and performed, and guess what? They started to ascend again because they really did bring those skills and qualifications, but if they had not been willing to uh, dumb it down or one could, say, be a little bit more humble as they entered the place, they would still be unemployed. Interesting, interesting. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show today. I want to thank our guests, uh, Patricia Linko, David Lewis, and Dr. Carissa Thacker, Thank you so much for being with us on a Game on Business Talk. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Uh, I have a quote for you today. This is our quote for the week. Bad things that happen to you are only 20% of the situation. 80% of, the, uh, 80% of it is how you deal with it. That's from Damon John, investor on uh, the TV show Shark Tank. Well, I'm out of here. Thank you so much for joining Game on Business Talk. I'm D. Anthony Miles, and we will see you next week. Thank you again for listening to Game On Business Talk Radio. Please join your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles, again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll engage in more unique and exciting discussion topics then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.